0: We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech, you can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech, you can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech,
1: we can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? Podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Stephen. I am the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia. Always and forever. Even after clean, old-fashioned
0: hate. After, but we will get into why. And, and leading into clean, old-fashioned Felt... We'll get into
1: more about that later, won't we, Stephen? Yes. that is what we experienced this Saturday. Yes. And every, and every other week after Clean Old Fashioned Hate and leading up to Clean Old Fashioned Hate, to hell with Georgia. So I want to start the show off and just let everybody know we are going to talk basketball at the beginning, we're going to talk volleyball in the middle, and we're going to talk football at the end. The football is going to be a wrap-up of the regular season, talk about Clean Old Fashioned Hate. Acknowledge some things. Speaking of acknowledging, we need to acknowledge two things right up front. One you know, one you don't. The one you know is, of course, former Tech defensive uh, defensive tackle, defensive tackle uh, Joe Anowai, also known as Roman Reigns, also known as head of the table, also known as he who must be acknowledged, continues to reign as WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion. But the one you don't know that we want to acknowledge is that field reporter Stacy gave us a nice little tidbit that I'm betting none of our dozens and dozens and actually now hundreds and hundreds of listeners don't realize or didn't know uh, the Georgia tech alumni association posted this, that Georgia tech grads are raising the bar everywhere. Even in major league soccer in September, Corey Rockwell industrial engineer from class of 98, set the record for most MLS regular season matches officiated at 364. So that's the number we're going to acknowledge today. Corey Rockwell, most MLS regular season matches officiated. And by the way, more than just MLS, he did do the MLS All-Star. He did the U.S. Open Cup Final in 2012, Copa America in 2016, CONCACAF World Cup in 2017, FIFA World Cup in 2018, CONCACAF Champions League Final in 2019, and also has been an official at the MLS Cup two years. So, Corey Rockwell, we acknowledge you. Well done, sir. Absolutely. All right. Let's get into sports, uh, other sports, and Georgia Tech sports. So, let's talk about basketball because we are talking about two different games, one that was about to happen as we recorded last show, that happened on the day we released last show. We played Cincinnati, first road game in Cincinnati, and then we are recording this right after the Mississippi State game on Tuesday, November twenty eighth in the ACC-SEC Challenge. Joshua, let's let's kind of cover both. Can you? We're going to challenge you as the alum slash sports. Uh, reporter guy. Can you talk about both games at once? Yeah, well,
0: um, one was horrendous, and one was awesome. Our our worst and best game. Yes, quite simply, our worst and best game. So to start off with the Cincinnati game, um, 89-54 to is the final score. That is not pretty at all. Um, But it was close at the half. So we did give up 40 points. Georgia Tech did give up 40 points in the first half. Uh, but they scored 32, so it was 40-32 to at the end of the first half. Tech was at least hanging in there, right? And then Cincinnati blitzed us for 49 points in the second half, while Georgia Tech was only able to put up 22. Um, Looking at the game-long stats, you really start to see the big difference. Cincinnati shot 47% from the field and 40% from three, while Georgia Tech shot 35 and 29, respectively um they had, georgia tech had double the amount of turnovers as they had assists 16 to 8 um they did have more rebounds and they also blocked 10 shots but they just did could not seem to really get anything going on offense the high score was kawesi reeves four of six from the field with three blocks and a steal so he had a very good game uh miles kelly only had 12 points on three of 10 shooting uh Ndongo did make his debut Mm -hmm. and he gave the jackets eight points eight rebounds three blocks and a steal he also had seven personal or seven turnovers Mm. which is ugly not great yeah and then the only other real notable part was that at the end of the game statermeyer emptied his bench so we got to see nathan george we got to see carter murphy uh, we got to see emmer nichols for two minutes as well and nate george did have eight points and one rebound on three of six shooting with three turnovers. And that, Stephen,
1: would play into the Mississippi State game. Yeah, before you get to the Mississippi State game, a couple of uh, other things you may not have picked up from the stat sheet. Uh, Murphy actually <coughs> did play a little bit in the first half. Seems like that's going to be potentially his role. A couple of minutes off the bench, if needed, in the first half uh, to spell some people. And the other one was Debo Coleman was upgrade. One of his fouls was upgraded to a flagrant two. It was the most ridiculous I, it was it was so dumb. It was it was just not a good call by the officials. I, I think they, I think he kind of stepped over the guy after he fouled him, and it was a hard foul. I could see it potentially going to flagrant one, but he made a play on the ball. He made a he made a block as the guy was going up for uh, for a shot. He wasn't coming from behind. He was coming from the side, but he made a, a hard foul across his arms. Was not no intention to harm the player. It, it was it was a joke. So he only got to play fourteen minutes, and I felt bad for Debo. And and it was encapsulating of the fact that nothing went right. I'll talk more about that. I apologize. I interrupt. What happened then? What happened tonight? Well, what happened to the other game? We just Georgia
0: watched? Tech in the ACC SEC challenge. They were matched up against number twenty one Mississippi State, six and zero on the season. And you'll never guess it. Them Yellow Jackets gave them a run. 67 to 59, the final score in favor of the Yellow Jackets. Damon Stoudemire with his first big win as the Georgia Tech head coach, an upset of a ranked SEC team. Um, at the end of the first half, Georgia Tech was up 39 to 26. On the broadcast, they continue to say that Mississippi State was not much of a three-point shooting team, and yet they jacked 33s on the game. Almost half of their field goal attempts, Steven, were three-pointers. They went seven of 30. Now, Georgia Tech didn't shoot much better. They were 8-for-27. A lot of that was in the second half. It seemed like Georgia Tech either – they changed something. Either Mississippi State adjusted, and I think they got a little bit more physical and kind of started to run them off, kind of make everything a lot harder. Uh, But I also think that some of the guys got tired.
1: And I think we settled a little more for three. We hit seven threes or six threes in the first half, and we thought, oh, our threes are back, and they took a bunch. We only hit two in the second half. Not because we didn't take a lot. We yeah. we took as many or more. But, you know, it happens.
0: Um, And Georgia Tech also only shot 34% from the field, 21 of 61. Um, But they were able to maintain it because, again, Mississippi State shot 31%. So it was not a game that was won by offense. It was a game won by defense, 100%. And that is what Georgia Tech was very good at. They were consistently keeping Mississippi State away from the basket, making them into jump shooters. And whenever a shot would go up, they would – battle for the rebound they had 42 rebounds to 39 uh, they did only have eight assists to 11 turnovers so the assist game still something to work on but there is something to be said for what happened because georgia tech ran out a very interesting starting rat lineup miles kelly kawesi reeves were the only two holdovers from the most common starting lineup we've seen Uh and dongo got his second start he played 18 minutes ebenezer dewona played another 18 minutes, and Nate George, the true freshman, yeah. started at point guard and played 32 minutes, Stephen, contributing 11 points, four rebounds, one assist, which <clears throat> having watched the game, that seems low because the offense just seemed to run very smoothly yes. when he was on the court. Yes, the, the word that I kept coming back to was feel. He just seems to have a feel for the game, at least after this game where he knew when to throttle in transition, when to pull back, when to get the offense organized. He was just very good at getting everybody into spots and putting everybody else in a good position to make the plays that they needed to make.
1: Yeah, there, there was, I I was surprised that he only had one assist. There were a lot of, uh, there were a lot of advancing passes where he moved the ball up the court, moved it. I mean, long passes. In fact, probably his only assist was the beautiful pass to Kowasi Reeves in the second half on a, uh, cross court long a, pass for a layup, and I was like, I thought he had a lot more. There were a lot of good first passes that became. He had a lot of potential assists yeah. that
0: were like missed jumpers, yes, or yes. they became fouls. Good,
1: good call. He
0: he, the it,
1: offense ran so much smoother when he was out, and it wasn't the Kyle Sturdivant, you know, two handed chest pass, uh, you know, in nine ten. Which I love Kyle. I, I very much yeah. like Kyle, but he's so hey. fundamentally sound and, and Kyle just a simple pass there were and there but there wasn't anything stupid or overly fancy. By the way, two stats I'll add to what you said. We did have 11 turnovers and only 8 assists, but Mississippi State had 11 turnovers, seven of those steals from us. We also had five blocks. So, we, you know, you you can say and Mississippi State not a great shooting team, but they ran into I have seen the Tech defense in certain games where I've said, "Boy, if we could play this for a whole game." And we kind of did. And we yeah. played against a quality opponent, a tournament team last year that didn't necessarily lose a lot of their top players. And we shut them down yeah, and shut them out. And our offense, our field goal percentage struggled in the second half. There seemed to be a point we were up 13 and a half and we stayed up thir- you know, 12 to 15, most of the second half. So they weren't really getting into our lead. And it, it appeared to me by about 10 minutes left, we kind of took the throttle and were just shortening the game. And I think we did that because we felt like Mississippi State isn't going to make a run because of our defense and because of their shooting. And that worked out. They made a little dent at the end. We committed some stupid fouls at the end. But we played by far our best game after playing by far our worst game. Our two first real Power 5 opponents – and Cincinnati ran us out of the gym, and we couldn't do anything right. And Mississippi State ran into our best effort and of the team. A effort. lot of the
0: bounces went Tech's way. There was a lot of loose balls that ended up in the right spot for a Tech guy to grab it and have an advantage. Uh, Mississippi State also made some absolutely horrendous passes. Like they had multiple fast breaks that ended just because they fumbled the ball out of bounds. Sure or just miss their guy. So it was a not a great game for Mississippi State, but Georgia Tech does deserve a lot of credit for what happened. Other notable performers, Miles Kelly had 22 points and 12 rebounds to go along with his um, first he, shot. First career double-double. Yes, and he also shot four of nine from three, which is a welcome sight. Um, like we talked about, Nate George had a great game. Bae and Dongo had two points, but he also had six rebounds, three assists, one block, and two steals. Uh, you had 12 points off the bench from Kyle Sturdivant. Uh, duh, duh, duh. you also had two steals from Ibrahima Sako, and Carter Murphy came in for five minutes and hit a three. Yep. Uh, the most interesting or the most, yeah, the most interesting thing to me was that Amari Abram did not play in this game. I don't know if he was hurt, um, or if he has just fallen out of the rotation. Cause he did not play really much of much at all against, um, Cincinnati. And in all fairness, you know, I'm rooting for Amari Abram. I was one; He was one of the guys I was excited about. Uh, I do think he was miscast in the role that he was put in the beginning of the year, but he has not earned his spot in this rotation at all. No. I believe he's made like maybe three field goals all year.
1: Yeah. So I, I – and it's still very early, and I think Damon is trying to figure out what he has. But Nate George, who – and you and I were talking about this while watching the game – a very late arrival because he reclassified. So he hasn't been here for preseason workouts. Yeah. That might explain some things, but if you've watched these games, and I know a lot of our listeners have, that was a completely different team because you had a guy at the point guard along oh, with Kyle Sturdivant yeah, played at the two point guards. guard. They played two point guards. A point guard and a combo guard. Yes. And it was so obvious. And, Two different point guards. Nate George is a nice compliment to Kyle Sturdivant. Yeah. I think Kyle can come in and you don't really lose anything, but he's going to be different. He can muscle to get a shot if he needs to. Nate isn't really a, he can hit an open shot. And I think Nate has a couple of moves, but he's not a breakdown point guard, but he can shoot if left open and he really found the open man. Yeah, And if that can continue, Holy cow, I'll be very excited when Lance Terry comes back to join Miles Kelly, and you have Debo Coleman and Kawesi Reeves, and then you've got Tyshawn and Dewango and Bayandango and Sako. Holy yeah. cow. This, We're, we've got nine and to then, ten guys. Yeah. And then you throw in an occasional Murphy sighting and, and maybe Amari Abram works his way back on, and I don't know about Gapare, but you've got a lot of players. And if somebody isn't producing. There's another guy there. Yeah, That's the difference. Yeah. It's just, it's two guys in Gapare and Abram. I think that need to kind of grow into their own. Yeah. Like,
0: I think that both of them to an extent were kind of miscast. Definitely Amari Abram. I'm still not sure what Tafar Gapare is. I think his appeal is that he's a mystery box of just tools that you have to develop. But um, Amari Abram to me, just from what I had read and what I had seen coming into the season, when he started off as the point guard, I was a little confused because he always took me as more of a, um, a combo guard that was more about he can handle the ball, but you would rather him be a jump shooter. You would rather him be a pure um, grab-and-go guy. You don't necessarily want him running your offense. Yeah. Right? It's And you saw it when – I mean, if you go back and watch the games that he plays, every time he got a screen with Tech at the top of the key, never once did he try to get into the paint. He would always kind of get the screen and then stop and try to figure something out. Yeah. Nate George was really good at taking the screen, and whenever he had a shot – Getting downhill, he got a couple feeds to the big man on that. Um, he threw a lob to Indongo at the beginning of the game that was really nice. And then when they, when Mississippi State tried to confuse him and go to a two-three zone, every time Nate touched the ball, it was almost like a one-timer in hockey. He would grab the ball and then immediately throw it to the guy in the middle. There was no hesitation to get the ball in the middle of the floor, and that was that's very important. I, he looked very. He looked very, very calm out there, and the, he just looked like he had a feel for the game, which I don't want to keep saying because it sounds a little cliche. But he just looked like he knew exactly what he wanted to do, and exactly where he and everybody else needed to be.
1: Yeah. So, <coughs> bless you. Okay. That was a cough, not a sneeze. But so I, I think, listen, if you've got, you know, you all, we all have friends who are alum and fans. Uh, if they haven't watched Tech basketball, I really would encourage them to watch. And you're going to hear this when we talk about football. And I've already said it a lot this season. This is going to be a roller coaster ride, but roller coasters can be fun. And you know, everybody who listens to this show knows I'm I'm a fan of Josh Pastner. I don't think he, you know, I I, I understand why they got rid of him, but I like the guy. I think he's a good coach. But if you wanted to see Tech have more athletes and more players, we're there and the talent level has improved it's it's not top notch but it's there's some things here and if damon can coach them up we're going to we could make some waves and and there i think there are going to be games where we can show up and we can play well and hang with anybody and then we can show up and play poorly and get beat by anybody that's a roller coaster ride and that's kind of what you expect in the first season but i think if they can continue to grow and if Nate George is what he is showing in his first couple games <laughs> or even something like that, there you go. We got some depth. And this is all without Lance Terry yet. And so that might improve our offense some. Yeah. Um, I do think it's very interesting. And, again, if you want to get on, if you want to get on the bandwagon or you want to just see what's going on, we now play Duke, our first ACC game. We play Duke. So you get to, much like our football team just got, you get to see how good you are. Yeah. You get to see what you got. You get to see if you're going to get you know run out of the gym and embarrassed. And then guess who we get to play after that? The basketball version of clean, old-fashioned hate. So we get to play Duke and UGA in our next two games. By the I way, UGA has beaten uh, Wake Forest, 80-77, uh, some college called NCCU, 64-54, and Winthrop, 78-69. They've lost to Oregon by 11. They lost to Miami by 11. And they lost to Providence by thirteen or seven. Sorry, seven.
0: Well, I mean those so those three losses are not embarrassing by the, any stretch those of the are. imagination, right? Yeah. So
1: I, I think they're going to play you. That's a tough. I,
0: that's a tough out of conference schedule. Yeah, Providence,
1: Miami, and Oregon. Yeah. So Georgia's Georgia's not hiding, uh, and so we get to play Duke and Georgia. Then we get a, a, a cupcake, and then Penn State, uh, and then we get into our ACC schedule full tilt by the first of January. So. Here we go. Enjoy the roller coaster ride, but there there are some things to be excited about with with tech basketball. All right, let's talk volleyball. Let's do it. Yeah. So the volleyball be reporter, Stephen. Y- yes, we uh, have actually uh, Stephen, the volleyball fan, has to apologize to the Tech volleyball team. I said something in the last episode about going to the ACC tournament before the NCAA tournament. You know, they, I think you made this mistake last year. Yeah, I did. I apologize. There's no ACC tournament at my age with the year I came out of, you know, I can't remember from year to year and and I don't have all of our episodes memorized, but there is no ACC tournament. So tech lost their last ACC game against Louisville at Louisville. Uh, and we don't need to talk about that because we're going to talk about the NCAA tournament that the tech volleyball team made for the fourth straight year. They finished the regular season, 22 and six, 13 and four in the ACC. They are going to be a, they are a number five seed. Uh, they play. The 30th, uh, November 30th, in Orlando. I think it's Orlando. They're playing in Florida. They are in a so every week they go to a different arena based on, I believe, the highest seed, higher seed of that bracket. And it's a 64 team tournament. So they will it's uh they they play South Alabama and Florida is the fourth seed, and they play Florida Gulf Coast. The winners of those two matches will meet, uh, I believe, the next night, and so the you know we go to beat at South Alabama, and then we get a chance to play number four seed Florida, see if we can advance to the next round. So I wish the Georgia Tech volleyball team a lot of luck, uh, a lot of success. Go bring it home, ladies, and get out of the uh, first two games to get out of that first bracket. And see what can happen. And we'll talk well of you no matter what because you made the NCAA tournament for the fourth year in a row. The only one other time in history has that happened where they made five straight tournaments actually in the early 2000s. So shout out to Michelle Collier and and the Yellow Jacket volleyball team. Well done. All right.
0: Now it's time. It's time. Football. It's time. It's time. It's football time. America's America's sport. No, that's baseball. Okay. Well, do we want to talk about the game first, even or do we want to talk about all the stuff that has happened around the game? All the
1: small little tips and tricks and tidbits. Considering our first little bit of the day was to acknowledge Roman mm-hmm. and to acknowledge uh, uh-oh, I already forgot his name. Sorry. Wait, oh. a- a- wait, hold on, hold on. Acknowledge Corey Rockwell. Right? Corey oh, yeah. Rockwell industrial engineer 98 who uh, acknowledged 364 matches. Anyway, I believe there's some acknowledgments you want to make. Yes. So So the the regular season is over and there's all ACC honors, all American coach of the year, all that kind of stuff. And some yellow jackets are making
0: some lists. We are indeed. We're going to start with that. The good news, I guess, then first Um, the Georgia tech yellow jackets, it's now the end of the season. And so we have some stuff that we can report to you. For example, Georgia Tech finished with the number one rushing offense in the ACC. Um, by what metric they're measuring that as, is like total rushing yards, rushing yards per game, not 100% sure. Doesn't list that. Norval McKenzie did not go into that. But Norval McKenzie, the running back coach, does deserve credit. Because Georgia Tech's running attack this year was very, very good. Yep. Considering that their top running back was a 5'8 slot receiver who did not get any snaps until this year. So shout out to the boys up and the, the offensive line too. They deserve a ton of credit, yep. especially towards the end of the year. They started paving the way mm-hmm. for Jamal Haynes and Dante Smith and Haynes King. And then they also announced the All-ACC teams. Now, I'm going to warn you, in my humble opinion, Georgia Tech got shafted a little bit here. For a team that finished fourth in the ACC when they were finished to pick to finish twelfth, they only had one guy on the All-ACC test, second team, nobody on the first team. The second team honoree was Jalen King at safety. So back-to-back years, Georgia Tech's had an all-ACC safety. Miles Brooks and Clayton Powell Lee did not make it. They did not have the same impactful years by PFF grades and the counting stats. They still played very well. Clayton Powell Lee and Miles Brooks both had good games. Um, The third team honoree was Jamal Haynes. Um, He also made... All ACC honorable mention at a different position. I'll be honest; I'm not 100 percent sure what position it was. It's not uh, clarified. It said APB. I'm not. I'm not uh, all, all purpose, purpose back. There you go. So what as is, what a, is that? So as a running back, he was third team, but then his all purpose, including his pass catching abilities. I guess. Okay. I feel like you did make- go
1: out to the slot some
0: well he was a slot receiver yeah um i think they're making up positions personally but yes jamal haynes was all um, all acc third team as a running back and then honorable mentions you had haynes king jamal haynes eric singleton the true freshman uh jordan williams joe fusile and zeke biggers so first of all shout out to the boys up front well done two of them on the honorable mention although somebody did make a good point you leave the acc in rushing Feel like one of your offensive linemen should probably be on one of the at top least, three teams.
1: Yeah, at, at least. least second or third. Like
0: Weston Franklin didn't make it. I, yeah, he was pretty. He was pretty good. But um, Eric Singleton deserves all the props. The other one was I'm going to well, pull this and, up and, real I, fast. and I'm going
1: to go ahead and say it. Haynes King only getting honorable mention. That's a shaft, man.
0: That's I'm, that I'm big up.
1: giant statue in the in the quad outside the student center. I would like when to it was built, it Rogers. was called the shaft. And So, in all
0: fairness, first team was Jordan Travis, who deserved it wholeheartedly. He was fantastic. Um, Second team was Drake May. Great, yeah. Sure, I'm I'm with you there. The third team was Jack Plummer, and that's kind of where you're like— Where is he plus? Louisville. So, Louisville was the better team, and Jack Plummer did have a solid year. But, I mean, Haynes King, I think he had more touchdown passes. I think the interceptions hurt him
1: yeah I, I, can think see they, that. I think they I think they put jack Plummer because he protected the ball a little bit. you back. know what he should have been higher ranked as an all purpose back because of how <laughs> much he ran in our offense. that's what I say so fooey to you ACC all ACC. there's also chooses. there's also
0: four uh, honorable mention all all purpose including guys like will Shipley and LeQuint Allen from Syracuse he should have been higher because that dude was playing quarterback yeah at the time. right
1: exactly so Haynes King should have been there. Yeah, whatever. All right, buddy boy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, one other, uh, one other mention acknowledgement goes to the coaching staff. Yes, absolutely. Sorry, I was getting there. Field reporter um, Stacy told us. So
0: the, I want to get the official college football news. Um,
1: yes, I they, know college, college football, football news. news. That's what they we do, do a
0: they do a coach of the year. This is like a like a publication. They do a coach of the year award. And they named their 15 finalists. And Brent Key, Georgia Tech's own, is one of the 15 finalists. So Woo! Brent Key up for a writer's award
1: because college football doesn't give out a coach of the year award. Because there's a lot of coaches and that would be a so lot So we do coaches. want to confirm that college football news is not fake news. It, it no, is a, it is a legit organization. It is.
0: Um, uh, I also have one other small tidbit, and this is kind of the downer. collegefootballnews.com <laughs> This is kind of the downer here. Uh, George Tech did have another decommitment from their class, and it was a pretty big one. Some of the other ones, have, I've been like, you know, unfortunately, it, it's two guys that I just think they looked at and said, I don't think I have a future yeah. at the t-. Like, there's there's some guys in my position probably might not play. Uh, this guy was definitely going to play, and he has been getting some helium in his final high school season, and that is Trajan Greco out of Mill Creek High School, 6'1", 180-pound cornerback. He has been on some highlight reels. Mill Creek has been in the playoffs. He has gotten a ton of looks. He has got an offer sheet, according to 24-7, that is 28 offers. Right now, it looks like he did take an unofficial visit to Missouri about a week or two ago, and that seems to be kind of the predicted landing spot for him if he goes somewhere else. Um, Obviously, there's always a chance that a guy recommits. It depends on what happens. I can't pretend like I know everything that's going on behind the scenes, but he does have um, the offer sheet, the offer from Missouri that he picked up, as well as some offers from like North Carolina and um, Vanderbilt and Kansas.
1: Vanderbilt SEC. I'm just trying to look. You're just looking at a list. It looked
0: like Tech kind of had him, and nobody else went after him. But then Missouri stepped in, and it was like kind of the big one. Okay, so here's
1: my here's my question. So. So Trajan Greco, what – so that means arguably our top two or two – So of the two of top, the top
0: – I would say four C.J. Yeah. Jackson. Because C.J. Jackson, depending on where you look at, like in the composite, he's like top 15 in edge rusher. But if you listen to 24-7 only, he's barely top 30 at the position. So C.J. Jackson and Trajan Greco are your top two that have that have decommitted, decommitted. And Trajan is awesome. but. Yeah. In the composite, uh, Troy Stevenson is still committed, and he's number 165. Trajan's about 215. And the big one right now is Luke Harper. He went up to, like, 224 in the composite. And then you've still got Isaiah Kanayan. Just um, like his dad. (laughs) You've still got Kobe Young uh, that you've been able to hold on to him from Louisiana is impressive. Um, and then a couple other like really good guys from South Carolina, some of the smaller guys from Georgia, Jameson Riggs has gotten a little and Aaron Philo, uh Graham Knowles yep. have both gotten some helium. So okay. you've held on to some very big ones. It's just, you know, Greco, I'm assuming Missouri, after having such a great year, kind of stepped in. They might have given him a uh, an offer he couldn't refuse. Well for the, lack of a better term. The college
1: yeah. football commitment is not at, a commitment at is, all. Is 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 a joke <laughs> at this point. It's called a lean. Yeah, they just like but it is what it is. So let's just call it an intention to play. So Which I believe they call it the National Letter of Intent (NLI). In L.I. Yes. So that, let's, just, let's just call it The basketball it that. guys signed. Yeah. Jaden Mustaf
0: and Cole Kirouac have already signed those. They're yeah. coming. Yeah. We'll, right. we'll, get, we'll get to early signing day in December. We will cover that for you here Woo! on What's the Good Word. Almost but live. now we've got
1: to talk about the final game of the season. That's right. Now we've got to talk about the final game of the season. And I do want to touch on potential bowls Yes. Quickly, but. Yeah, so clean, old fashioned hate. Uh, we don't need to do too much of the stats and stuff because everybody watched it, but
0: and everybody's us, talking
1: about it. Give us your sixty second. Uh, what stats jumped out, or what? Quite what do simply, you point out?
0: this is the second closest game that Georgia played, and the set because the first one was Auburn. They won twenty seven twenty. Georgia Tech was in this game until the very, very end. Uh, Georgia Tech was winning at the end of the first quarter, ten to seven. They were. down eight at the end of at the end of the half the third quarter is where georgia got their lead and um went to 31 13 at the end of the quarter um after a touchdown with 34 seconds left but tech fought back they were able to get a field goal in the fourth quarter they scored a touchdown with about 346 left and they had a shot to get the ball back they just could not stop georgia's run game and that was the story of the game georgia Really kept it on the ground. I've seen a lot of Tech fans talking about how, oh, Georgia, you know, Georgia Tech held Georgia under 200 yards passing. There's a pretty big asterisk, I think, that goes with that. Oh, yeah. They Brock Bowers, out. Ladd McConkey were yeah. both not playing. Yeah. And Georgia ran for 262 yards. So you stopped the passing game because they didn't need to throw. Right. They had the run game going. Yeah, uh, But still, Georgia Tech kept this game close. They got stopped when well, they needed to, and they the offense was right there. Right? I mean, they still ran for 205 yards on a very good Georgia defense.
1: Georgia Tech had five scoring drives. They scored two touchdowns and kicked three field goals, and and Burr missed one field goal, uh, I believe, right at the end of the half maybe. I've, I forgot when. But, yeah, so you, you put yourself in six positions to score. And, you know, it, it, it was very obvious that Georgia Tech had a game plan that I believe they executed for the most part the entire game. They kept the game close. Mm-hmm. They, and they figured out a way to run against Georgia because we ran it down their throats. Shout out
0: to the boys up front. They yeah.
1: were plowing. Open up holes. And if you've watched this team all year, usually we don't really get that till the end of the game. We, we struggle at times at the beginning. And it's our pace of play and, and that kind of stuff that we find the holes late in the game. We were doing it the entire game against Georgia. Yeah. And we, passing game was kind of kind hold of held us back. Haynes King was 11 for 20. Yeah. And <laughs> and some of that there was a, a drop here, a drop there. They, they, there was some some issues, and Haynes had his thing of underthrowing. Listen, mm-hmm. I, I love Haynes King. He has he has absolutely been a godsend to this team. I do think there's room for improvement of being more accurate and being a little less of a gunslinger because. He got lucky that a couple of those passes weren't intercepted.
0: Yeah. Um, but it was his first year. But with, like, you real take snaps.
1: the good with the bad yeah. with this team, and it was he has embodied the roller coaster. So shout out to you. You also sir. you forced two turnovers. That's from UGM. Yeah. you forced a
0: fumble on the first play. Yep. which was that they had from the scrimmage, which was huge. And you also picked off Carson Beck, who has been a very good quarterback this year. Yep. Uh, KJ Wallace with the interception. The biggest problem was Georgia was winning at the line of scrimmage. Like yes. Their offensive line was dominating our D line. Yes. That was supposed to be – that's been our strength the last couple of weeks. Like Guys like Zeke Biggers, guys like Micaiah Scott, they kept getting – they kept keep getting penetration and winning at the line. Uh, that's how we beat Virginia, just they kept winning at the line and kind of putting them behind the sticks. You didn't see a ton of that. Georgia Tech only had three tackles for loss. Um, and when you did have those, I mean, they tended to kind of recover from them. But yeah. those guys – the guys up front were getting pushed around. A little yes. bit. And that Kendall Milton had a lot of just perfectly blocked zone run plays, stretch plays, and he was able to get upfield and get like four or five yards before
1: he ever touched a Georgia Tech play. And to their credit, the to their credit, you know, Tech did get a uh, to lead to our last score. We got that interception in the end zone. We we kind of bend but don't break. We we made a play or two, the ball kind of bounced our way. And we kept it close and gave ourselves a chance. Yeah. We had to try an onside kick with, with, you know, almost four minutes left. Didn't get it, but we, we gave ourselves a chance. And for the first time in five to six years, the first time since, since, you know, CPJ's next to last year, we kind of showed up and said, we're not, you can't push us. You know, we're not pushovers anymore. Yeah. You know, the dumpster fire has been put out. Um, I have some good friends that that went to Georgia that we talk civilly about most things. And, and their, their comment was, Hey, we can't, we can't look past you anymore. You know, that you, you showed up and, and yeah. did some good things. And so here we are, you've you've given yourself a chance to be somewhat relevant and we get to go bowling. We get to have Ow! 15 more practices before we play in a bowl game. And I wanted to ask you, and we didn't talk about this pre show, but is there, did you look at the list of bowl games? Yeah. Is, there, is, so I've, is there a bowl game you'd like to see us play? No. Or is there a bowl game you think we're going to
0: play? So the one that I've seen projected to us in multiple different spots, both Bleach Report and the Athletic, was the Gasparilla Bowl, which is in Florida, I believe. Uh, both of them had us matched up against US, UCF. Their they are eligible as well in their first year in the Big 12. So. That's the one that I've seen. I will be honest, I'm not 100% sure about most of the Bulls now because they all have different sponsors than when right. I was, you know, right. really paying attention to the Bulls. Um, <clears throat> so we'll see.
1: I I just want to see us play. You know? I, yeah. I, I saw a couple of articles, I can't remember where, through Bleacher Report that talked about the Pinstripe Bowl in New York. I think if if they want to attract fans –
0: Keep it local. I I, make a to New York
1: because because I saw all these. You know, there's the Birmingham, uh, the Bowl in Birmingham. I think it's called the Birmingham Bowl. The Pop Tart Bowl in Orlando. There's always the tax layer. Yeah. Well, I I don't know if we'd get up that high, but we are we we finished fourth Fourth in the the ACC. ACC at six and six because we won a lot of ACC games and a lot of our losses came out of conference, including the the you know the horrendous Bowling Green game, but we. We have this chance, I I think, you have a chance for Tech fans to travel. And I think if you keep it Southeast, I think that makes the most sense. So I think that's, you know, that's what I would like. The question really
0: becomes what Georgia Tech players will opt out to focus on the draft. Because that's the new story of every bowl game.
1: I don't know if we have that many.
0: Yeah, that's the that's the thing, right? Is um, I, it depends. I don't think Haynes will go because he's a redshirt sophomore. Oh, I don't think he's, he's got going. time. No, and he's this, not. He's this not quarterback NFL, class
1: right. is going to be really yeah, he's good. He's not. There's no yeah. way he's leaving.
0: Yeah. No. So I mean. Let me pull up the depth chart real fast and see what some of the the people well, so are. So Jamal saying. Haynes is a senior, isn't he? So is he Dante gonna... Smith, maybe? Dante. But I, at the same time, Dante's been around for so long. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if he was like, "I want one more." Yeah, because I've been here for six years. I've been injured. Yeah, and he hasn't times. been
1: to a bowl game since his freshman year. So I think he would go play.
0: So I mean, guys like you know, I just don't I don't see why you would have guys like Dominic Blaylock or a guy like um, uh, Paul Moala. Or Christian Leary really opting out? I mean, those are guys that have yeah. some level of name recognition or might have one bankable skill. I just I don't I don't see why they would. Normally, you do it if you're, you're not necessarily guaranteed, but like you, you're know trying to get it. You're NFL gonna be spot. a day one or two yeah. pick. Yeah. Um. If you're if you're fighting for a seventh round, sixth round slot, you've got to show them something else. Just get one more game on tape. I I don't think there's a ton of guys on the team who have done that much to where they can feel comfortable going. I think I have what I've done already will yeah. get me drafted. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and listen, any of them that choose not to play, we thank you for your service and you've done a great job. And, and I think this team has a chance to hold its head up high. There's the one thing about college football in the bowl season, you get a chance to finish with a win. Yeah. That's, that's intriguing. That that's, that's always fascinating. Um, I know my family and I have been talking about, would we travel? So it, it if you didn't get a chance to see them at at Bobby Dodd and, and Hyundai Field, then you've got a chance if they're in the Southeast. and oh, Jalen King's a redshirt senior. I did not know that. Oh, well, there you go. All right. Thanks for interrupting my pitch to the fans over. to go. All right. so If they're not convinced yet, they haven't been paying attention. Well, they've been listening to What's the Good Word, and we haven't done our job by turning them into football fans. So we have uh, gone – plenty of time. I want to remind you that, and by the way, I want to close the show by thanking you guys for your, uh, what's the word loyalty of listening to us. We've been watching the numbers and we've got a very loyal group that kind of downloads us. Uh, and we appreciate that. We also want to ask, we, we used to joke that the, and quote McFoley and say the dozens and dozens of fans, but the reality is we, we, we're a little more than that now, and we 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 have all of you to thank for it. And we want to ask you to continue to be our best marketing department. If you have any friends or family, when I was I, I got to go to the Syracuse game, and and I was yelling, "What's the good word?" And then people would say, "To hell with George, And I go, "By the way, that's a great podcast." And they uh, they huh what? And I said, "It's a there's a podcast about tech athletics called What's the Good Word." Oh, I have to listen to that. So just as you as you see people wearing tech swag and you say what's the good word and they say to hell with Georgia and you go, by the way, there's a podcast called What's the Good Word. So we also want to hear from you, Joshua Julian26 at Outlook.com. There, Joshua Julian26 at Outlook.com. Tell us your thoughts. Tell us what you think. Uh, and you can become a friend of show, like some of our friends of show, or you can just listen and we appreciate that too. We hope you find this slightly entertaining we hope you find this informative we hope this helps you to be more of a tech fan and as a tech alum we thank you that even though you got out you came back to at least listen to the podcast that asks you one of if not the most important question as a tech alum or fan that you can ever hear what's the good word